You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome, everyone. I am Johnny Christ, and this is the Drinks with Johnny podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another week, another episode, a very different episode, as I am joined by Styx, the drummer of Steel Panther, uh, out on the golf course. Yeah, back in May, we had uh, Brando, our director, and Sam out. Um, We were releasing the Drinks with Johnny beer. We had Medusa in person. And the next day is uh, when <laughs> I decided to have Mickey D on the show virtually, and then Styx and I went out and played golf. And the original idea was going to be, you know, Styx would come down and we do the episode, and then we go golf, or vice versa. What ended up happening is we just decided, screw it, let's throw on the cameras, let's throw on the mics, and let's go out and film us uh, playing golf. Styx is actually a good golfer. I am not. So if you guys want to see this episode, uh, head over to the Drinks with Johnny YouTube channel where you can see a bunch more stuff, a bunch more like, uh, it gives a lot of context to this conversation here because I'm listening back right now and putting the uh, background music as I always do to these episodes and I'm like, (laughs) this is an absolute shit show and super ridiculous. So uh, anyways, I'll talk to you guys some more at the end. And I really appreciate you guys sticking through and listening to this episode. Head over to the uh, YouTube channel and you can watch some seriously ridiculous stuff. But uh, it, anyways, uh, well, I'll, as I said, I'll talk to you at the end. So without further ado, I bring you my golf tournament with Sticks of Steel Panther. What's up, everybody? Streaks with Johnny. First time we're ever doing this. I'm here with Sticks from Steel Panther. How you doing today, buddy? Fucking awesome. I can't wait to watch you tee up. This is going to be amazing. No pressure. <laughs> Pulled the shit out of that. No, I <laughs> Well, I hope you're here for the conversation, not the golf. Dude, I'm here for the fucking hang. And I'm here because you asked me to be here, and I'm happy to be here. Fuck yeah, man. Well played. <laughs> so, when did you start playing drums and why? We'll do the fucking, we'll do the layups first. Yeah, I started playing drums when I was in third grade. And I play. I went over to my friend Brent Christensen's house. Okay. He had a drum set. I'd never seen a drum set. I was third grade. And when I sat down, oh, that tree is... <laughs> it's such a piece, piece of shit. Oh my God. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh my God. Come look at how bad my fucking shot is right now behind this. I want a fucking root. God damn it. You just hitting a little 30 yarder? That's the idea, right? Yep. Oh man, that was good. I need a little bit more on it. Well played. Oh, Dude, you. look at that green. Oh, this. You have no idea yet. What the fuck? These greens are fucked. <laughs> Amazing. Fuck. These greens are gnarly. Ate this fucking sand. Up. Oh, that was it. <laughs> what club do you have? 
That's my wedge because I wasn't expecting to go in the fucking sand. As everyone's finding out right now, Johnny Christ is shit at golf. Sticks his fucking pretty Yeah, good. but look how fucking good looking he is. Would you rather be good at golf or good looking? Or both? It's a question you need to ask yourself and maybe ask your mom. Ooh. <laughs> or maybe ask your mom. <laughs> Back to drumming. Back to drumming. Um, I, when, when I sat behind the kit, I, I hit the drums and I, I immediately fell in love with the drum, I, with the sound, mm -hmm. you know, and the fact that I could hit something and get that immediate reaction and hear it, uh, I loved it. And I went home and I told my dad, I go, I want to play the drums. He goes, nah, no. And, uh... Well, what, what was it about the no? Like, what, it, do you come from a, what kind of upbringing are you talking Total middle class. Dad was a cop. Mom okay. was a front office secretary, office worker. Gotcha. And I don't think he thought I was serious. I mean, you're in third grade. How serious is, you know? And he goes, okay. And I kept harping on it. And, I, and he's like, all right, you have to take lessons first. Practice pad for three months. I'm not going to tell you to practice at all. If, I, if we talk to the teacher and the teacher says you're improving, we'll talk about it. Yeah, and I—I I mean, I—all I needed was that—that that crack in the door. I was like, I'm doing this. And then, well, how often would you play starting now? Like by yourself when you when you're on those every day, pads? every day, all day, like all day. I, it was the only thing I wanted to do. Like any video games in between it? Or no, it, no, you, no. Know, you just go away from video games at that point, right? I went music. I mean, I remember playing piano when I was a, like, I have a picture. I'll show it to you later of, of me as a baby, like in a diaper. And I remember hearing notes. Yeah. And just it just it resonated with me, you know. And uh, and I so I've always been musical. It's never really been a choice. I never went. You know what? I want to be a musician. I just grew up, and I was. It just was you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's things in life where you don't have choices as to what you are or what you like. That's something I never. I didn't even choose it. Yeah. It kind of like chose me and went. Ah, you're gonna be a musician. I love that. You know. I love that. So, I'd love it a little bit more if that motherfucker wasn't mowing the lawn right now. It's a par four, a little to the left. Oh no. Oh, he's on the other fairway. He's on the other fairway. That was a bad swing, Johnny. It's all, it's all it takes is one shot. Yeah. You only got one shot. Do not lose a chance for greatness. Did you just quote Eminem? I sure did. Kick ass. <laughs> Why did I do that? Run like an open sword. Get me on the fairway. Come on. Oh, you're almost to the fairway. Almost there. At least I made it past the ladies' tees. You did. You did on the last one, too. I know. How about you? Have you always, with music, did you play music because your friends were playing music? Or did you... you know, I was kind of a introvert nerd growing up. Right. Which is kind of funny because now I'm, I'm very the opposite. I'm a very, well, I'm still a nerd. But... I developed the ability, I'm not shy anymore. Right. But that was the way for me to express myself. It was that and dancing, funny enough. For Wait, for real? Well, I mean, I wasn't in a dance class, but my mother was uh, an aerobics teacher, and I would sit in with her classes sometimes, and I'd be the kid in the corner while they're busting, you know, Michael Jackson, fucking... Right. Uh, so you can uh, dance. I mean, not, not in the technical sense. No, but you, uh, 
let me ask you this because yeah. it's a it's funny you brought up dance because for me I can't dance. Did you ever try dancing? Like I mean, like no, dude. It's way too way too personal. So you never prescribed to Billy, Billy Idol with uh, dancing with myself. Never danced with myself. Oh man, I always dance with myself. It wasn't until I found my wife later, and she's a really good dancer. Uh, and it was funny, we were at Sinister Gates' uh, wedding years ago. And it was the first time anyone else in the band knew that I could dance. Really? Were they, they just tripping? And Uptown Funk goes on. And me and my wife just fucking go tear it up. Really? And everyone at the time, we walked away and we were just like, that's just how we do. And everyone's like, you guys choreographed that, right? We're like, nah. Really? Like, no fucking way. No one could believe it. Because we'd like to stop. Right, right, Wait a minute. <laughs> dude, see, I, I can't move like that, dude. Not even really? kidding. No bullshit. God damn it. That was straight. <laughs> that was straight. I'm still fucking choking on my goddamn fucking rod. Yep, that's what she said. Hey, oh. <laughs> so, music, you, we were talking about you. Oh, yeah, we were talking about dance before. And you, you being an introvert. Or a I, shy guy? I was a shy guy very early on and then I switched over, man. It was something that just like clicked and you know, I actually contribute a lot of that to my big brother and fucking Jimmy Sullivan. Yeah? Yeah, you, he kinda you, he kinda got me out of my shell in a lot of ways. Were you, were you two friends before anybody? Not before anybody. Okay. So you asked about that. Let's go back to that. Yeah, because uh, I wanna know. I, I'm always curious. Grew, we all grew up in the same city obviously yeah right so my one of my older brothers was really good friends with jimmy and brian in middle school i was a few years younger i know mean, i'm the little brother i right. get tormented i never sounded better than with right than with anybody else than jimmy and i still to this day yeah he made me sound better i don't sound as good as i did as when i played with jimmy right he made me better you guys connected yeah yeah, it was, no, it there's a hundred percent connection. That's something that I don't think a lot of people realize. You know, when you change a guy in a band, it's not just okay. Well, you got a new guy doing that same thing. It's a feel. Yeah. And it's a connection that happens beyond music. You know, beyond the actual instrument. And there's something like I'm getting the chills actually. There's something that happens when you jam with somebody, and it's that person where you go, yeah, yes, I, I get it. Yeah. I fucking get it. I got that on an early age, and it's not—it's no slight on you, Brooks. Like I—I I, I have a really great connection with Brooks, but in between that, like there, there were some good connections, but it, it wasn't the same. Dude, yeah, it's that—that's just like you know, that's like chemistry. It's chemistry. It is. And then you know you can't just reproduce it with anybody. Yeah. You know. I want to talk about a little bit of metal school at the Key Club before. Let's talk about it. Let's get into that because that was a lot. We've of fun. got some stories. We got some fucking stories. I've seen some things. I have a fun story of watching you guys share. Um, I went up with Jimmy, uh -huh. and we went, he was living with me at the time, and every fucking weekend we'd go up to LA. That's awesome. We went up to the Key Club, watch you guys play. His girlfriend at the time was fucking hammered, and like got like some altercation with somebody, and we went out into the street and fought. <laughs> I went out, and I stared, I cross-eyed stared at somebody, and I was like, I'm gonna fucking hit you completely whiffed and fell down. No way. Busted my lip, and he just saw that I was bleeding, right? Uh-huh. 
He thought you got hit. He thought I got hit. And he came over and just fucking teed off on the motherfucker like a million times. So this is when we were record, when we were writing City of Evil. Amazing. And he he was in a he was in a cast. Like from, from that. The, from that. Because he fucked the dude up. And he had like this cast on and we had to go back. We were living together. And we had to go back to the rest of the guys and be like, Yeah, our rehearsals are gonna be a little long because Jimmy's hand is broken. <laughs> Amazing. Could he play? Yeah, he could play and he could write. Right. Luckily, we we're still in the writing process. We weren't ready to record yet. Luckily. But how good did it feel to have a dude, fucking just have your back so hard? Oh yeah. No, he saw he saw blood from his little brother and was like, no. Yeah, this is. And just fucking that. turned it on and fucking just blasted this motherfucker. With those fucking right long arms. Yeah, long arms, McGee, dude. <laughs> he we we dubbed him uh, Dozer. Because he would he would come in from like behind like this. Uh-huh. There'd be like a, there'd be like two or three people, and he'd come in over the top with his long ass arms and knock the motherfucker out. Really? Yeah. I don't have those fucking. You don't have long arms either. Yeah. I got short limbs. <laughs> I'm like all stubby and shit. <laughs> Not cool. But I loved going to the key club and watching you guys play as metal school. All the covers. It was so much fun. You guys had like so many people from L- from the LA scene come up and jam with you. Every dude, we had people. We had. Tom Morello, several times. Uh, we had Jerry Cantrell. We had fucking like guys like Jeremy Piven, Michael Strahan, a lot of football players. Uh, Fuck yeah. Tony Romo, Jessica Simpson. When they were together, you can look this shit up. She challenges our singer to a sing-off. That's so rad. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan, and this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. It it was awesome. It was fucking awesome. She sounded like, and I'm not making a joke, she sounded like a fucking feral cat. For real. (laughs) For real, dude. Like, I can't even like. You just gotta watch it. I mean, everyone's got. Everyone's gotta go check that out. Yeah. And so we. I mean, I've seen. I've seen people have sex on our stage. I've seen blowjobs on our stage. Like full on. You've seen, but haven't. I've seen. <laughs> I've seen some things. I saw. Uh, we had a couple in uh, Vegas. Um, they had just gotten married that night, and they were fucked up. The guy was hammered. He had a tall boy. <laughs> and uh, we brought them up on stage. They told us they got married, and then our singer goes, "You know what you should do? You should suck his dick right now." Generally, when somebody says that, they just go with the joke. And uh, yeah. this chick got on her knees. Dude faces back to the crowd, and I'm watching. No, like, you're I'm, the jumper. You're you're just getting dude, fucking front row seat. And the dude has his tall boy, and he's like wobbling, and he's got his hand on her hair. He's just sitting there, and she's just going to town in front Did of... Did he get... I, I know this is a crass question, but he was hard? 
I don't think so. Okay. Because I couldn't, because her, her head was blocking. Okay. So I just saw the movement and I saw his hand and wrestling around in her bird's nest hair. Like, <laughs> it's, it's fucked up. And I mean, they got escorted off the stage, but full, like I, the attempt was made. I don't know if he actually got a boner, but he was, he's fucking like, I felt like I was watching it some trailer really porn. It really doesn't matter. It's still awesome. It was a great, it was a great story. It was a fucking awesome story. And I, I saw two girls get on stage, take off every article of clothing from their shirt, bra, underwear, socks. Not a thing. With And you know how dirty stages are. Oh, yeah. Filthy, right? Rolling around on the floor, going down on each other. Like, these are the things that happen at our shows. So that's amazing. Like, you... What's funny is I go back to, like, the City of Evil time when everyone thought we were, like, these crazy rock stars, right? You guys were living it before I fucking had any fucking business. Like, maybe we were the guys on the magazine cover, but you guys are the ones fucking doing it. We, you, guys, you guys were the representatives, and we're like the foot soldiers, just in it, in the gutter. Just fucking in the gutter. Yeah. Well, so so some of those people, like like you said, you got massive celebrities and people in the industry just fucking hanging out and yeah, you know, going down on stage. When you guys got off stage, were you were you hanging with guys like Vince Vaughn and Tom Morello? Or yeah, I mean, you know, ninety five percent of the people who get on stage, they'd come backstage afterwards, and we'd high five, and it was just it was cool. It was it felt like a community, yeah. you know. Like Tom Morello would come back, and he was just he was always super nice. Uh, and it was, it was it that helped that helped uh, us when we decided to go tour, because we would be in Belgium playing grass pop, and we'd see other bands, and they would be like, "Oh, dude, Steel Panther." Here we are, on hole three. It's been I, seven hours. It's been, <laughs> it's been seven hours. It's been we're seven on the third hours, hole. and we're on the third hole. We're not done with it yet either. We ain't even begun to defile myself. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait till the naked golf starts. <laughs> Well, what are some of your favorite experiences being abroad? Oh man, Johnny, I'm not abroad. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. You uh, can't say that in 2021. I can. <laughs> I'm not no broad dog. What's up? Um, I think prior to going overseas, I had a picture of what I thought Germany was like. Mm-hmm. I had a picture of what I thought Spain was like, and Australia, and you know, all these places, right? Brazil. And the coolest thing, I think, about it all was the picture in my head was never reflected by when I landed and saw. Yeah. Because here, you know, when I was growing up, you see footage of Germany, the only time I would think of Germany was if something was on TV or whatever, it was winter, tanks, World War II. That was, that was it. Yeah. Because that, you know, I mean, that was my exposure. But when yeah, I went I there... A lot of a lot of us, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's really what... Because you, you learn the history of the world, and then World War II is a big you know, part of learning in school here. So that's what you kind of learn. And when I went there and I saw that it was fucking green and lush and beautiful. And the people in Germany I found to be different than what was in my head because you know prior to actually going there you you have a preconceived notion 
Yeah. I think we all do of things that we have never experienced. You go, oh, that must be like this. I imagine it being like that. And going there and feeling the uh, the warmth of the of people uh, in all you know. I mean, look, there's assholes everywhere, and there's fucking cool people everywhere. Yeah. But it, you know, me, being exposed to the people of different countries, I thought it was fucking. It was awesome. It was mind blowing, and I and it made me go, oh, okay that's where don't judge a book by its cover comes from because it's it was nothing like i thought yeah in a cool way yeah you know well if you're going by the the history books and everything you think it's like it's, it's rough it's, it's black and white and cold <laughs> yeah totally you're like but you know it's like it's beautiful yeah it is it's an absolute beautiful country and you don't realize how big it is until you get there because we come from america where like we have this gigantic yeah square footage right when you go there when you guys go there yeah. When you went there your first time, what was it like for you? Ooh, first time in Germany. Ooh, this is going to be a fun one. I want you to hit that first. Okay. I'll tell you what. I'll give you three strokes on this hole. Okay. And you have to shotgun the loser. Sh I'll give you two strokes. Loser shotguns a beer. I like that. I'll give you two strokes. It's on camera. Fuck, dude. That's awful. It's all right. Two strokes. Let's see what happens. Two strokes. You line one. <laughs> I found the one patch of oh, long grass. I know this. Out of all of that. I think by the end of this thing, did you guys bring a wheelbarrow? Because we'll fucking wheel Johnny home. I think you scored an eight, and I think I scored a four. Which means? Which means you have to drink that entire white claw. Uh, right. Without stopping. Without stopping. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is there anything that we need to do while you're doing this? No, you just kind of watch me and laugh. Fuck yes, dude. That's gonna be carbonated burps real soon. You know what's awesome? In about ten minutes, we're gonna see how well you swing a club. That's gonna be good. good. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> when you get guys coming up and doing stuff with you guys. Uh huh. What are what are some of your favorite fucking moments with like these other rock stars and stuff like playing Man in the Box, for instance, right? Playing uh, that Alice song Springs, yeah. is yeah is it's cool. I mean, it's a great song. I've played it enough times in my life that where I go, okay, if somebody wanted to jam that song with me on drums, I'd go, yeah, let's play it. It's cool. When Jerry Cantrell's playing it, and he actually came up on stage and did it, yeah. It, it's different. You just yeah. go, this is the dude that wrote that. And I was such an Alice in Chains fucking fanatic that it, that was like a moment for me, you know, yeah. where I was like, dude, I'm jamming with the dude that wrote some of my favorite music of all time. So that was fucking pretty special. So, yeah. so that song, not because of the playing, but because of specifically that event, jamming with the guy that wrote it is fucking, is amazing. I'll go one step further though. Yeah. As a drummer, what is your favorite song to play? Like, like just like when you think. So you said like, with the atmosphere you're playing with Jerry Cantrell, that's mm -hmm. that's fucking rad. But like, if you were to sit down in front of a kit, what is your go-to? You're just like start fucking playing. Uh, Straight through the heart by Dio. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty rad. Vinnie Apice in on that record, Holy Diver. Holy shit. <laughs> right? Like he he is 
in my opinion, the single most underrated rock and roll drummer. Wow. Yeah. Dude, because when you hear That's his, a hot take right there. Dude, fucking blabbermouth. Boom. <laughs> he, uh, he, did, he played some of the tastiest shit. Well, you and me, I know exactly what tasty means. I know exactly what that means. Fucking in the pockets, fucking right there. Yeah, right? It's, the, it's the thing where you go, what would be the best possible thing that you could do right now? And it's not the fucking Instagram drummer who can play 40,000 fucking beats in two measures. It's the fucking, it's when the levy breaks. Yeah. That first fucking eight bars, that's tasty. The way it's yeah. played, it's just, it's like fucking sex. You know, you could fuck like a rabbit. That's not cool. You not know, always. Not always. On occasion. <laughs> but when you when you get your fucking deep fuck on. When you're in the pocket. That's tasty. Yeah. You, no, it's tasty. Now you, you, it's tasty. I know you get it. It's tasty. Somebody watching, they're like, I don't get it. It's musician speak. fuck out of my way. Was there a lot of music going on when you were growing up? Were your parents listening to a lot they of records? They listened to music, but not I don't, not a crazy amount. It was it was like I just gravitated towards music. There was no rhyme or reason. There wasn't no. like a album that like set you off or something uh, like that. Songs in the Key of Life, Stevie Wonder. That one fucked me up. Fucking love me some Stevie Wonder. Yeah, man. that fucked me up. Debbie Harry uh, and Blondie and like and then I then you know because I would rem I remember listening to AM radio like I a lot of your fucking viewers are probably like oh, what's am radio <laughs> well but they don't know about that <laughs> that was the reception that was where the reception came in the best fm was stereo mm -hmm. am was stronger and so i wouldn't listen to fm when i was a kid i'd listen to am and I'd, there'd be like 50 stations and i just remember having like reacting to music to songs to melodies to chords and i remember i pictured like certain songs that were very like like minor keys to me, I always imagined they had teeth. I know it sounds weird. No, no, this is great. But but to me, a minor, like it was, if it was a harder song and it was minor, it had teeth and it would sink its teeth into me. And I would, I gravitated towards more minor sounding stuff instead of the happy, yeah, the happier major stuff. Um, but then as I got older, I started listening and and hearing uh, kind of that you know minor and, and major keys weaving together in the same song and like like Alice in Chains was one of those ba bands that we were talking about before they would they would be able to you know do sing a minor a major harmony over a minor chord and make it sound fucking interesting yeah and like and that was super teeth for me I was just like oh I gotta get I me some of that super teeth but like the teeth is just like such a a lot of people like ask that, ask that like of musicians like what is it like we have different ways of describing things like, mm -hmm. it's a color it's a it's a it's a shape it's yeah. a, it's teeth teeth you for know? me like i i picture fucking just fangs you know and w to me when i would you know you always hear the term oh it has to have a hook that's what it has to have for me something to fucking just grab on and it's got you yeah that's that's and you know, like to me, you know, growing up and then becoming a professional musician uh, or doing this for a job, which it does doesn't feel like a job. It's, I feel lucky. Well, it should any any in any profession, it shouldn't feel like a job. Right. right? I mean, that's the goal, right? Yeah. Uh, I have a story about hanging out with your singer uh, at Grass Pop, mm. and I embarrassed my singer when I told your singer, like, man. We're gunning for your spot. We want, we want, 
your spot. Like, and I and I meant it in a complimentary way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my guy. He goes. Oh my. God. He was so. He thought like I meant it in like a dickish way, and I was just like trying to tell Matt. I was like, "Ooh, jumping fish." Look at that. Wait, what? It's not jumping fish. No, they're fucking birds over there, dude. Oh. Pretty am cool. I the one that am I the one that pounded the koala or are you? Uh, you pounded the koala. <laughs> the koala. <laughs> I think you pounded the white koala. I pounded the white koala. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? It might be. Um, anyway, <laughs> I told I told Matt, I was like, we're we're coming for your spot, dude. Just you know. And I'm and my my guy was fucking mortified. He's like, oh dude, what the fuck? <laughs> it was awesome. Anyway, Matt was fucking he was awesome about it. But back to the hits. When you hear, I don't hear a hit from a record guy. Like, yeah. You don't hear a single. It's like, why not fuck you? How's that for a single? <laughs> we like it. What was it, what was it in uh, 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 that thing you do? I quit. <laughs> quit. I quit. Yep. It's, <laughs> th- this business is fucking crazy. Like, you guys have created your own path. You, no, you guys, nobody went, okay, Avenge. I need a three minute and 25 second song. I need a fucking chorus, ver- you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus, out. Or you guys would have said, suck our dicks, yeah. tip to tip, right? You guys have been able to create stuff that you love, that you love. And that's why it resonates with people that, that love your band. They go, because it's genuine, it's real, it's not manufactured. And our shit, uh, that's the shit we love. Yeah. Like we write songs that we dig, you know, and, and I think that that's the mark of any cool band is they didn't write, you know, there's a lot of bands out there that try to follow what's happening. What's, what's ooh, ooh, we're going to chase it. We're going to chase it. Yeah. You'll never fucking chase it. You'll never, you'll catch, never it. catch it. No, there's yeah. no way. So, you know, I feel grateful and I feel lucky to be in a band that is like, we're kind of like style proof because we do our own thing. You guys are style proof. You do your own thing. In a different way, but yeah, In a very absolutely. Different way. What you guys have done is you did it your way and you created a fucking lane that other bands went, ooh, we gotta chase it. Which is, I mean, then in the best way. No, and I. I it's fucking you know, awesome. Like, when I see that stuff, I fucking love it. Because yeah. I'm just like, like, that's not what we set out to do. I know, but it's, it should tell you guys that you did something fucking cool. All right, now let's watch this drive. <laughs> so I was talking to you guys uh, uh, about the metal school's time. Yes. The key club. Crazy times. What were those backstage parties like? <laughs> uh, well, you're going to edit some shit? Yeah. Whatever you want. Uh, there's, there was drinking. There was drugs. There was nakedness. There was all the things that you... You know, you mentioned it earlier. You, you said you guys were on the magazine covers, and we were doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and and we were doing it. Yeah. You know, uh, it got did in a lot of ways, and uh, it, I, I don't know that it prepared me for touring because it's a whole different fucking animal. When you when you're at when you're at a venue, you get done at the venue, and then you drive home. That's one thing, and you don't want to get popped for drunk driving, so there's that. When you're on the road, you get stumble into a bus. Someone's into your fucking bunk and just fucking... Into your bunk, hopefully. 
and hopefully or someone puts you in the bunk. Someone puts you in the bunk, and hopefully you don't take two Ambien and hold a bottle of fucking Patron and then get back out of your bunk and want to fight your tour manager and not let him go to the bathroom. Wait, that sounds like you know that from experience. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Dude, yeah. So yeah. we were fucking driving into Newcastle. This was a lesson I learned. Driving into Newcastle, I went to bed. I thought. I remember saying goodnight to our monitor guy, getting in my bunk, crawling up. The next thing I know, I wake up in the morning in Newcastle, we're all getting off the bus early into a day off, like about six in the morning, right, to go in the hotel, Malmaison. I get off the bus, the driver's bringing our bags and setting them on the curb, and my tour manager just looks at me and he's, he goes like this, he goes, gives me this fucking like weird, like you fucking asshole look. I'm like, what's up, Gary? <laughs> and uh, we go in the hotel. Something's not right. I feel off. I'm like, so I call a bass player. I go, hey, dude. Um, always calling the bass player. Always calling the bass. I go, anything? Anything happened last night that I? I go, because Gary gave me a weird look. He goes, you don't remember? <laughs> and I go, no. And my my like. Stomach went low and I got hot. Yeah, cause it's like, You're like, oh fuck, whatever, <laughs> dude. I have never done that before, <laughs> dude. My guy tells me, he goes, dude, you came downstairs naked. <laughs> not even kidding, naked, and you would not let. Gary, you were talking with us. We were, and then Gary came downstairs. You got up in the middle of the aisle and fucking like posted up and would not let him pass. And butt then, naked. Butt naked. <laughs> but then, and then like we were kind of wrestling, like, like a, I was like a fucking bull. <laughs> and then I, w I just wouldn't let him go. And I guess I punched him in the arm. Like I wasn't trying to fist fight him, mm -hmm. but I, we, were, we were wrestling and I t must have tagged him. And I remember the feeling of going, okay. It was like we all went to the movies and I watched the movie, and I know I was at the movie, but I don't remember it. And everybody's talking about the plot, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't ever want to not see the movie yeah. <laughs> again. That's so, a, that's a lesson to you kids. I've been there too. But how many times have I been there? That's the thing. <laughs> so it was the Ambien and tequila for me. That was that. What kind of tequila was it? It was Patron Silver. Patron Silver. So yeah. the lesson I learned was take the Ambien right before I literally crawl in my bunk. So I'm laying there, when it hits, it's good night. Don't take it downstairs and go, cool, I should be about that right time, I'm gonna go to bed, because then you black out, you get it, you do, you think you get in your bunk, but you get the fuck out and you punch people. So don't do that. I mean, maybe it's too late That's to tell you PSA that. For PSA, please don't do that. Because <laughs> I may be the guy you punch, and then you don't want that. You, you still want it. Did you see this, by the way? A little <laughs> side note. Did you see my actual mammal oh, cover? Oh, dude. Isn't that cool? That's fucking rad. It's a cool ball mark, huh? Check it out. City of Los Angeles, ball, uh, actual manhole cover. I put it in the dryer. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he just got that. He's like, oh. Dude, I got a little story. I was in a band with Satchel, and we were at a fucking Chicago steakhouse with Penn, Gillette, uh, some 
an artist named Joe Coleman, who you actually you kind of remind me of, um, and uh, some other dude. And we're, it's six of us at Smith and Walensky's or whatever it is, you know, some nice fucking steakhouse. I should never have been in there. <laughs> and we're eating, and Joe Coleman opens up the conversation, goes, goes, so I was at an autopsy in Budapest. And so that was the beginning of the night. Later on, Penn asks us, he goes, how much would it cost for you guys, you three, to do the elephant walk? We're like, we're like that's what, what we it? said. What's the elephant walk? Funny you ask. So the elephant walk is when you get on your knees in a line behind each other, and you grab the dick of the guy underneath you no yeah in front way. of you and you just kind of walk right they go how much and and without fucking blinking dean cameron goes five thousand cash right now on the table well these motherfuckers start digging and in my world at that time five thousand dollars was not gonna happen because i'm yeah. like who has five thousand dollars right pen pulls out a fucking couple g's like just you know it's hundreds starts peeling them off and counting Joe Coleman brings out like six or seven hundred bucks, and I can't remember who else was there. Fuck another few. They were like seven hundred short, and I felt like if they were gonna break out five Gs, I would have done it. But we did. We did talk about bail, and that's what reminded me because like, who's gonna bail us out? Because they're gonna hold yeah. each other's dicks in a restaurant in Chicago, and fucking Penn's like, I will bail you out of jail, and I will pay for the fine. Yeah. We're like, all right, you got it. They didn't have it. Uh, it so, was, I was so scared. So what you're telling me is for you and me to do the elephant run, mm -hmm. it costs five Gs. No, we'll do that shit for free. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay you, we can do it. <laughs> for years, it was metal school. Yeah. It wasn't Steel Panther, it was just metal school, We right? We were metal school, um, and then we had, a, we had a silent partner, and we wanted to split off this dude, he was supposedly producing or directing some shit for us. Never happened. We wanted to come up with a band name. And I remember we were playing Kat Von D's Ink Fest, or uh, I can't, what was it called? Some tattoo festival that mm -hmm. she, she did. And we were in a trailer, getting ready to go on. We're talking about band names. We're like, what, what should we call a band name? Like, Steel, Iron Steel? Because we wanted just, we wanted a cool, bitchin' sounding name. Cause Really, you can name your band anything, but it's, if it sounds cool, it is cool. That's just, that's how that's how we felt about it. We're <laughs> yeah. Like, should we call it Iron Tiger, Panther Panther? What's what's cool? Snakes, Panthers, like, Panther Panther, Panther Panther. <laughs> Could be pretty good. <laughs> I, I was done. So we had all these, you know, we thought, what's a heavy metal sounding name? And we we landed on Steel Panther because we just thought it was fucking bitching. Yeah. And everybody went, yeah, that's it. And so. Uh, when we decided to, to go on the road, because, you know, when you're tied to a, and I don't say that in a bad way, but when you're tied to a weekly, you can't go to Europe because you no. got to come back to go to your show. And then with public, they get used to that weekly thing. They don't have to think about it. They just go Monday night. I know where to go. Not yeah. Monday night. Are they there tonight? Because any research that they have to do is more than likely they're going to be like, How do, it's too much work to figure mm -hmm. it out. So we consciously decided we're going to tour, we're going for it. And when we would be in these crazy countries and for the first time, other bands would be like, dude, Steel Panther, what's, I, was, I jammed with you guys. And it was, we were like very accepted oh, yeah. out of the gate. 
You know, even though you guys have a lot of talent too. That's that's the other thank part. You. Like, like when, when when we talk about metal school, it was a lot of covers mm -hmm. early on, and I think the reason why you're accepted is because you guys could go. You guys were real thank musicians. You. It wasn't it was, like yeah, you're doing covers, and a lot of times you get fuck around. pigeonholed for a fucking cover band or something right. like that. But you guys could really go. Thank and you. And I think that was that was the difference. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one -on -one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. I, I think that there's something to that. The fact that, you know, we were all musicians first, mm -hmm. right? And we met and we started this band uh, and being players and w like we worked fucking five, six, seven nights a week sometimes, like working and grinding. So I, I, I always found it interesting when people would be like, oh, I've never heard of you guys, which I get. But when they think you just magically appear but they don't know that we're fucking grinding show after show after show. And I think that that is what is missing from a lot of bands, a lot of young bands, mm. is the ability to put a fucking show on and connect with that crowd and make it feel like you're not in a 5,000 capacity room or 10,000 or whatever you're playing, but you're connected with that crowd and everybody feels like they're in the living room. Yeah. You know, and, and entertaining. Like, the, the entertainment factor, like we're all about, we want to play killer, but we also want people to walk away going, that was the funnest night of my life. That was fucking awesome. Fun. Fun. A fucking, uh, it, you know? Sometimes it, it, it comes down to that. Like a lot of people, like, take, it, take yourself too seriously when you're playing a show. And it's not about that. It's, it's about the party. It is about the party. It's about what do what your You fans might be playing on a Wednesday night, and for, every, and like for you it's another, another gig, right? But for them... That was their night out. That's the event. Yeah. yeah. They got ready for that, and they bought a ticket to it. And everybody in our band, and I'm sure everybody in your band, I want to make sure that they got 10 times the value of that ticket, that they feel like that. Like, yeah. I just got my fucking nuts rocked. That's, that's important to, to us. Yeah. You know, as a band, because at the end of the day, you have the guys in your band and you have the fans that come support you and that's what we, we do it for yeah you know I mean obviously the music is is in in us and it's it's great to be able to do what we do and play music for our livelihoods but that connection that I think that so many bands they end up writing music and putting a record out and getting a deal before they ever fucking play a show then they go out and play a show and they get on stage and they just go this one this one's about my girlfriend. <laughs> you guys might know it. And the, yeah. and the crowd's like, cool, bro. Cool, I could have put on the fucking CD. Yeah. No, where's the show? Yeah, dude. And you guys have always done like a really good show. I want to ask you about, though, from the transition from metal school to into Steel, Steel Panther. Panther. You guys started doing originals. Yeah. Well, we were doing originals back in the Viper Room. Mm. We were, because we were, because... Satchel was started to write some original songs, and we had a song called Stripper Girl, a song called, uh, we, we wrote Death to All But Metal, 
and community property and we started throwing these songs in the set and we were noticing people were over over a couple of weeks people were starting to sing the choruses and catchy then, fucking tunes man thank catchy you that tunes. i think that's the other thing is the songs are actually like legit they are legit you know man. i mean even though they, i mean we, we we would listen to you guys like on the road we're, we're in buses and listening to fucking uh, eating ain't cheating yeah. <laughs> It, you, and we're just like, listen, we're like Asian hooker. And we're like, dude, this shit is fucking brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Dude, it's, it's, a, it's a very weird thing. If, if you told me, like, if, if you told me 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you could go, Sticks, I got a fucking idea. It's middle-aged dudes in spandex singing about dicks and titties. It's going to be awesome. If you wrote that down on paper, I would have went, you're out of your fucking mind. But... Somehow, it's like we've carved this fucking crazy path from doing weekly cover shows to releasing albums and then ending up playing venues and festivals around the world and people just go, fuck yeah, that's Steel Panther. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah. One thing I, I, I guarantee that the, the fans want to know about is uh, M Shadows doing that song with you guys. Yeah, turn out the lights. Turn out the lights. How did, how did that come about? Like, uh, which one of you guys was the one that reached out to Matt after, you know, karaoke nights in Vegas? It was so, so long ago. <laughs> uh, but he came in. Uh, how, how long ago was that record? That was probably like 10 years ago, something like that? No, 12. Oh, shit. 2009. We recorded yeah. in 2008, so 13. Gotcha. 13 years, dude. And uh, he came in and he killed it. I mean, he just killed it. And it, when I first heard the mix, I was like, I didn't know, because I wasn't in the studio that day, but I couldn't remember where Matt, I didn't know where Matt sang and where Michael Starr stopped and started. And at first I was like, Michael Starr sounds weird. Like, because it, <laughs> it sounded weird when I picture him singing Matt's voice. Yeah. But when you, when you picture Matt's face and voice, you go, oh, that sounds like Matt. So he... Uh, he fucking killed that shit. And then, you know, we've asked some guys to come, you know, record. And they're like, yeah, no, I can't. Dexter from The Offspring. This is a good story. Oh, I love Dexter. Yeah, Dexter yeah. sang on a version of The Shocker. Okay. Which is a great song. Thank you. He killed it, right? Killed it. And at the last second, he called and he said, I couldn't remember the reasons. I can't remember the reasons. And... I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about Texas, no, but at the, no, at the no, last second, he's like, he's like, I can't do it. Mm. And we, you know, out of respect, we're like, well, that sucks, but of course we're not going to, you know, put you on the record. But we, so I have a version somewhere with Dexter on it. I'll play yeah, it for I'd, you. I'd love to hear that. He kills it. Yeah. He fucking buries it. It's awesome. That's so cool. So, yeah, it was, you know, having guests, guys, do you guys, you guys never have guests on your albums, do you? I'm trying to, it's so funny you put me on the spot. I'm trying to, no, no. We, we, we've had guest spots like uh, female backgrounds, stuff okay. like that. But we, uh, as far as like lead vocals, no. We yeah. Haven't, we haven't. I mean, I just, I don't think it's a common thing that bands do because bands do what they do. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I just think that the nature of our band is like, it's kind of an extension of the show. Yeah. You know, we just bring everybody in. And, uh, you know, we, we ended up, <laughs> we wrote a song up at Chad. Kroger's house from Nickelback. Wow. Dude. Wow. So, It Won't Suck Itself, 
Yeah. It's a song we wrote with Chad at his, at his fucking compound in Vancouver. We get there. He's got a chick who all she does is roll joints. That's her job. Wait, wait. Okay. Ye- yep. You got a joint, joint roller. Joint roller. Chick. Yes. Okay. That's her job. Of course. <laughs> she comes in with a fucking quarter, with a, with a you know, gallon bag full of weed. And she goes, Any, who want, who want? Okay, I'll take. Like, most people like share a joint. She's like taking orders. So, joint roller, we are in there and we're writing this song. And Chad, and Chad and so Satchel has got a guitar. Chad's like, I'm thinking of something fast, something cool, fast, right? And he goes, just play me something fast and cool. <laughs> that's, that's all he said. Yeah, Satchel goes like this. And he starts playing. He goes, yes, yes, okay, hold on. Hold on, okay. And then he looks up and there's a fucking alphabet above his door for lyrical, you know, for words, inspiration. for inspiration. He goes, ah, it's, uh, suck, it's, uh, suck. It, it, won't, it, it won't suck itself. It won't suck itself. Okay, that's the song. And like, he's like crazy, right? And, and he goes, sticks, get on the drums. So there's a little electronic kit there. He goes, double kick. I'm like, yes, do that. Okay, Satchel, do that. Sticks, do that. And like, we're, we're coming up with these parts, but he's just, he's like kind of just saying what to do, but not exactly what to do. Yeah. By the end of it, we fucking had, I don't, rem- it was so crazy and weird. By the end of it, we had like the, the core structure of the fucking song. And we left, oh, we, we left, but we didn't leave without playing in his ice hockey rink in his house. There's an ice, ice rink in his house? Dude, yes. He also has his own gas station, his gas pumps wait, on wait, his wait. Pumps. Gas pumps. Yes, he has gas delivered to his property. I swear to God, not even bullshit. It's fucking, I. That's what Canada does for you. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Is there a party we didn't get invited to? Well, I hate the idea of that. I hate the idea. It seems like a lot of really good looking people just went by and didn't even say hi. That's rude. Hey. Let me just say this. All seriousness, thank you for having me here. I've had a fucking wonderful time. Beautiful fucking country club. Killer company. Thank the you crew is not so, not, so, not so cool, but... Yeah, they kind of suck, but... Yeah. Sorry, guys. It's too cold. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's so cold. You know what that means? Uh, Gotta do another one. But it's so cold. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This was amazing. Thank you so much, Sticks, for kicking my ass on the golf course. It was total pleasure of mine. I, I, it made me feel better about myself, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Cheers. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks to Sticks, and thanks to you guys for sticking it through. If you're still listening right now, kudos to you. Because that was an absolute shit show to listen to. If you want to actually watch it and have a little bit more context over the Drinks with Johnny YouTube channel. And uh, if you guys are enjoying this and want to become one of our filthy animals, you can head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and sign up for the members only page. Uh, It's so much fun. We have extra bonus content, all that cool stuff. But what's really cool is the filthy animals and I have been having a wonderful time on our Discord channel. And uh, we've been playing games, doing a whole bunch of really cool shit. We're going to be doing watch-alongs there. Um, And it's not really because of me. It's because of those guys. They've been actually 
just killing it and having so much fun and it's a really fun community that we're all growing in and doing together so if that sounds like something you'd be into head over to the drinkswithjohnny.com and uh yeah you can sign up there and have fun and and join us and become a filthy animal honestly guys i am having so much fun after listening to this episode as i'm putting music to it and everything and like this is an absolute ridiculous shit show and i'm so here for it and i hope you guys are too uh i'll continue to keep putting this stuff out if you continue to keep listening and uh yeah it's a, it's a lot of fun for me so i appreciate every single one of you make sure you're following us everywhere subscribing all that fun beautiful nonsense that everybody has to say but i gotta remind you guys to hit that subscribe button and go ahead and leave us a rating and review uh it really helps out the show and uh yeah it says new guests bigger guests smaller guests whatever we're just having a good time over here as i really hope at this point you guys have figured out anyways uh i guess that's it so as always cheers hey everyone this is tuck from fit for a king in off-road minivan every week i bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast get tucked Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Hey you, do you have any plans this year? Ha! How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at Tuesday. 020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.